This is Reset. I'm Sasha Ann Simons. If you have scrolled on Instagram, TikTok, or YouTube, you've probably seen videos like these. If you're looking for a delicious chicken recipe, this is the one for you. You can pair it with rice, pasta, it doesn't matter. It's straight fire. My gochujang cabbage is the easiest way to make cabbage taste amazing. If you need a new way to get your veggies in, you need to make these harissa roasted chickpeas and carrots. Let's be honest, the promise of these reels, well, it's alluring. Who doesn't want to whip up the tastiest, most perfect dinner? So later, we're going to talk about how these videos influence home cooking. But first, what goes into making these reels? What's different about preparing recipes for videos as opposed to written recipes that you might see on a cooking blog, in a magazine or cookbook? To learn more, we'll talk with a panel of chefs, food lovers and content creators. Joanne Lee Molinero is a social media star with more than 5 million followers spread across the platforms and author of the James Beard Award winning The Korean Vegan Cookbook, Reflections and Recipes from Oma's Kitchen. Welcome back to the program, Joanne. Hi, Sasha. Really glad to be here. Abir Najjar is a Palestinian-American chef and food writer who splits her time between Chicago and L.A. Welcome back, Abir. Thank you. And Cole Robertson, who you can find at That Savage Kitchen on Instagram. Welcome, Cole. Hello, Sasha. How are you? Doing well. Thank you all so much for, for taking the time to join us. I'll start with you, Joanne. What do you like about social media cooking videos? Well, I think what they do so well is they take the intimidation factor out of cooking. I think it proves repeatedly that just about anyone can make something not just edible, but quite <laughs> delicious, uh, no matter what your skill level is. And I think that's one of the best things about the recent rise of these reels, as you call them. Yeah. What about you, Abir? What's the appeal? Uh, I think something amazing about these reels or videos that we see is it's providing more accessibility to people who want to cook. Maybe everybody can't read through a recipe from beginning to end and really understand what they need to do. But now they have visuals and sounds much more accessible to take that intimidation out, as Joanne said. And I think that just makes, you know, the world of cooking so much more vast and mm -hmm. inclusive. Absolutely. And, and Cole, you are mostly a self-taught cook, I hear. So tell us how you got into making cooking videos online. Well, growing up, I was always surrounded by my family. So like my dad was like the pit master of the family. My mom was always like the, the home cook of the family. And my grandma was like the baker. So always being surrounded by that and just enjoying food. I just picked up that passion. Mm. And when COVID hit, everyone was at home, including me being bored. So I was like, how about I take my talents online? <laughs> yeah, sounds like a plan. So for those who haven't seen any of your videos, Cole, how would you describe your style? I would describe my style as if I'm like on FaceTime or, or calling a friend. Like I feel like I'm relatable and I try to show people that anyone can cook. It's super easy and it's just simple. I like doing homestyle meals. Yeah. Well, I mean, you're making it sound easy, but Cole, you know, sometimes cooking can be a challenge for folks. <laughs> true, true. Yeah. Uh, and Joanne, you had a major life transition. I remember you talked about leaving your job as an attorney to pursue cooking. Tell us what drew you to making cooking content then for social media. 
Well, I was very similar to Cole. I was in the middle of the pandemic and I was doubling down in my legal career, as I'm sure many of you can relate to. I wanted to hold on to my job for dear life. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, no one was going to take it out of my hands, but I found a lot of comfort in cooking. And I enjoyed a lot of the cooking short form that I was seeing on TikTok and on Instagram and even on YouTube. And I was like, yeah, I got a cookbook coming out in a couple of years. I might as well participate in this. And through that experience, Sasha, I learned that I actually really love cooking so much. I love sharing my food with people. And because I wasn't able to do it in person anymore, we were quarantined. I couldn't give dinner parties. I couldn't share my food with even my neighbor. Mm -hmm. I was like, all right, well, I guess I'll just do it digitally now because that's the way we are communicating. Yeah. Of course, we're hearing terms like, you know, cooking is simple. I love cooking. It, it gives me comfort. Do you feel the same way? Yeah, I mean, uh, cooking has always been a comfort for me. Um, deeper than that, it's been, you know, my connection to my culture and how I've learned my culture. You know, I'm the daughter of Palestinian refugees, and food just became the way that my mom taught me about my grandparents and my great-grandparents and how, you know, they express joy and celebrate holidays and all of that. And uh, it's even taught me how innovative they were when they didn't have all the ingredients they could, you know, maybe get their hands on mm -hmm. and even how their recipes changed in displacement. So, you know, cooking through social media has allowed me the opportunity to connect with other Palestinians and diaspora, over 6 million of us in the world, wow. and to help other people learn about our culture through what better than food. And part of that connection, Abir, is, I mean, you're weaving stories of your heritage and, and history into this content, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. Does social media allow you to do this differently than, than blogs or are there constraints? Yeah, I think, I, you know, I think there was a time and a place for blogs and that they could be very informative and you know, we would share pictures and things like that. But I think when we had, you know, short video forms start to become popular, we were able to put our voices behind it, our real voices. We were able to put our own personal pictures, uh, videos I've taken of my mom. My mom actually is the most popular content I could ever post. Um, because <laughs> I bet. people see, yeah, people see something in her that maybe they can relate to as it, you know, their mom or their grandma or maybe mm. their great grandmother that they never knew. So I think uh, just having all those extra tools to be able to uh, touch people, you know, in different ways through different senses has made that content so much more powerful. Joanne, you've also blogged. You've made social media video content. As I indicated in the intro, you also have written an award winning cookbook that is full of stories of your family as well. What kinds of recipes and stories can you share in a cookbook format versus on social media? That's a great question. I think that there are certain recipes that are just much more difficult to do in short form content. That's a particular kind of video content. You know, in YouTube, you can do a maybe 15, 20 minute treatment of a more complicated recipe, mm -hmm. um, but it's much harder to do that on short form. And so there are certain recipes, for example, bread recipes. Those are a little bit more complicated to yes. show because I, I don't know about you, but the first time I tried making bread off of a short form <laughs> video, it turned out all wrong. <laughs> I, I, I make one kind of bread, that's banana bread, and I stop right there. <laughs> I mean, and 
that's because you, you really can't teach some of the nuances uh, in that sort of short form content. And, and, you know, like for me, when I started sharing my food videos, it was precisely because I knew that there was some level of chaos involved with trying to teach a complicated recipe that I just stopped sharing the actual recipe on the video and just showed you the food. If you're inspired to do that, then head over to my blog or check out my book mm. uh, where you can figure it all out. I see. Uh, do you think there's validity to the concern, Joanne, that the growth of these cooking reels on social media, that it's actually going to dissuade folks from wanting to buy or use cookbooks? Well, it certainly hasn't been the case, uh, at least not for me personally. Nice. And from what I've seen in particular, uh, you know, statistically, my understanding is that cookbook sales are just at like unprecedented highs. If anything, I feel like this short form content is almost like an excellent trailer or a teaser mm -hmm. or a sneak peek at, well, you know, this is good. But if you actually take the time to check out a book and, and look through some of these, you know, really nuanced uh, recipes, you'll get so much more out of it. And then, of course, these beautiful stories um, that the content creators are able to share in more detail and with greater intimacy when they're given the written word. Yeah, I love I love that way of wording. It's, it's like a trailer, a teaser. Uh, Cole, I want to talk about how you choose the recipes that you're sharing, right? So when you are creating... How is it that you're hoping that the videos inspire or serve the viewer who might see it? Um, by, I like to start off by showing them uh, that, that, that cooking can be simplified if you just follow along and know what you're doing. Mm -hmm. um, when it comes to video ideas, it's usually on a whim, like, <laughs> For the majority of my days, I'm working online editing. Mm -hmm. And when I get hungry, I'm like, ooh, let me try something new. Or let me try this recipe that I haven't. And then I just do research and see, like, how to do it, information behind it, and then try to create my own recipe or interpretation of that. And is it automatic that you whip out the camera and you say, okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to record this one. This one's good. Yes, yes. Are you hoping that folks will find their next, you know, their next weeknight meal or, you know, knock someone's socks off with one of your recipes? Of course. <laughs> Tell us about your engagement with the audience. What's that like? It's great. I love my community. Um, they're always positive. They're always supportive of me. And just seeing them try out the recipes and repost it and, and comment, like, how much they love it, it just motivates me and just keeps me going forward. Do they give you ideas too? Yes. A lot of them give me ideas in my comments and I, I happily uh, look through those to get some ideas if I ever have like brain fog or anything. Well, one of my favorite things about your videos, Cole, is is that you, you narrate what you're doing. Um, you're, you know, you're telling people the steps and the quantities, but you also put that information in your caption. And you overlaid in the video too. Why did you choose to do it that way as opposed to just a video of you making a dish? <laughs> it's actually funny because one day, one of my comments, they said, it was like, they said, it is five in the morning. My wife is sleeping next to me and I wish there was captions so I don't have to turn on my, my audio mm. and I can just follow along that way. And, and you were inspired. Yes. <laughs> yeah, no, I think it's great. I mean, it personally, 
I'd love to be able to follow along with with a, a recipe in the caption for sure. Um, Joanne, I love that you take us behind the scenes on your journey too. On your Instagram, you post pictures that actually show the setup and you've got a lot of gear. <laughs> yeah. Well, I've been doing this since 2016, which is when I went plant-based. And so I've accumulated many, many cameras and, uh, you know, it's, also, because I was shooting my own cookbook, I, I had to have those. And uh, But my very first short-form content back in 2020 was taken with a crappy iPhone. Uh, and I didn't even really know how to take video with iPhone. It was really, <laughs> really bad. Um, but at the same time, over the next several months, I was like, well, I do have a lot of fancy equipment. Might as well turn that to good use. And right. that's done. And a lot of people are always asking me, oh, what tripod do you use? What's your camera? What's your lens? Because they do like the cinematic quality of my videos. Yes. And I'm always happy to share because I want people to know that, hey, like you could start with your iPhone, but you could work your way up just like me. So I want to hear from you all on this one. Uh, the New York Times, I don't know if any of you have seen this, but they had an opinion piece that ran over the weekend. And this was the headline. Are these recipes good? Or is the TikTok chef just good looking? So I got to hear what you think. I'll start with you, Abir. Well, who is the TikTok chef? I mean, (laughs) right. You know, I think it's a little oversimplified. I think the amazing thing we've seen uh, across social media, chefs and cooks, is there's something for everybody. There is somebody who has been classically trained and will show you how to cook the most complicated dish. And there's somebody who has a kitchen just like yours and their iPhone propped up uh, against, you know, a a box of cereal or something. And they're just showing you how it would be if you were cooking. Um, Now, as far as recipes, it's always been hit or miss for me sometimes Mm -hmm. when I've gotten recipes off of social media. But that's what cooking is. It would be the same if you took a a recipe out of uh, a cookbook or something that was popular that you saw on TV. Mm -hmm. It might not be for you. Uh, But that's the fun thing about cooking is you give things a try. And I think there have been some viral or popular recipes that have turned out to be awesome. And people have taken their um, put their own twist on them. And then there's been some that, you know, are a little hype. But I think that happens across the board. Yeah. What do you think, Cole? I mean, are are people, you know, genuinely following along here or, or is it sometimes because maybe the content creator, the influencer is is attractive? (laughs) <laughs> is that even a factor? What do you think? <laughs> I think that is a factor. Um, <laughs> I've seen it countless times on my TikTok page where I would just see someone cook like just something crazy that wouldn't work. But since that trader is more good looking, people stay tuned and, and watch the creator more than what they're cooking. Yeah. Uh, Joanne, your thoughts on this headline. Are these recipes good or is the TikTok chef just good looking? I think Abir raised a really great question. Who are these TikTok chefs? <laughs> like, who are like, we talking about? Like, that would be helpful as a reference point. <laughs> I, I do think that Cole's right, though. There is something to that. Um, I think people just generally, for whatever reason, are conditioned to watch longer or watch more. 
uh, you know, videos that are made by people who they consider to be quote good looking. Mm -hmm. But I don't necessarily think that means that, you know, on the aggregate that the recipes or the cooking methodologies that are coming out of these short form videos are somewhat diluted in quality at all. I think that if anything, what Abir said is so right. I am now more exposed to so many different kinds of cuisines and cooking styles and methodologies. And yeah, I may not be able to follow step by step on some of these videos, but then I'm inspired to look into it more, which is so, so valuable. So, you know, I, I, I understand clickbait and people <laughs> come up with lines and yes. all that. I, you know, I, there's something to it, but I don't think it's entirely. I mean, it was a good headline. I got to admit. Well, uh, and, and, and to, to that end, Abir, I mean, let's, let's talk the entertainment factor a little bit more of these videos, right? What's your take on, on videos veering from instructional to just being something fun or relaxing to watch? Um, I just want to know why people are slapping their food against cutting boards. So like, <laughs> I know <laughs> so violently, um, I've noticed this, that too. Maybe, maybe hopefully some exposure to this question will get me an answer, but I, you know, I think that is just part of the entertainment factor. That's what I've come to, uh, understand is that again, there's something for everybody and some people, they just find it soothing or comforting to watch these videos and they will probably never cook a dish. And, um, you know, there's, uh, some, some videos that are just more instructional and that's what maybe like, you know, me, be me and Joanne and Cole would, you know, be more attracted to right. uh, watching because we'd actually want to cook the food. And there's probably a lot in the middle. Um, but I think what makes the, that playing ground more difficult is when you are trying to find a recipe through social media, you have to kind of sift through a lot of that. Sometimes I'm, um, I, you know, I was just looking for a banana bread recipe like the other day. Yes. But there were so many, there were so many videos that were just, you know, uh, entertainment. Yes. And I was like, where do I even get this? So I was just look, trying to sift through to get a, a simple recipe. Um, so I think, you know, that's just the phenomenon we're going to be dealing with is some people are just, you know, uh, consuming this content because it's comforting and something they enjoy. And some people are actually getting uh, learning from it. Yeah, absolutely. Do you feel pressure, Cole, to do increasingly new and different things in each of your videos? Uh, I do sometimes. Where does that um, come from? With, with the, um, with the, the me changing my content? Yeah, where does the pressure come from? Pressure comes from really the social media platform and, and what people are engaged to at that time. So sometimes people will do like some ASMR content and sometimes I would feel pressure that I kind of need to do that just to follow along with what the new trend is because everything is trending now. Yes, the trends, the trends. Do you feel pressure to jump on board the trends too, Joanne? Oh, of course I do. I think that if you're a professional content creator, you know, you have to pay attention to those things. If it's a hobby or if you're a pure artiste, as my husband likes to call it, then, you know, you don't have to pay attention to it. But if it's something that's deriving revenue for you and you make a living off of it, then it behooves you to pay attention to those things. I, I definitely think about them. I think 
more important than that, though, is to spend time on the actual platforms you want to build a brand on. So if you want to be a TikTok person, then you better be watching TikTok content a lot so that you learn how to speak that language. The same thing with YouTube and Reels. They're very different platforms, not just technologically, but in terms of community and the way people socialize. And those things all make a difference. Yeah. And I want to make sure that we're all on the same page. Cole mentioned one of my favorite things too. One of my favorite trends that I, I jumped on and so, so did my kids, which was ASMR. Uh, and that's, for those who aren't aware, it's a really just a, a term to describe uh, this tingling or goosebump sensation that you get in response to just specific triggering audio. So a lot of times you'll hear folks whisper or, you know, sort of put the sounds of food right up to the microphone so you can hear the, <laughs> the sound of the crunch or the chew. Uh, all of that is, is you know, audio stimulation uh, for us to enjoy. And we're back now with more Reset. I'm your host, Sasha Ann Simons. We are talking about the phenomenon that is the social media cooking reel. What distinguishes it from cookbooks or blogs and how these videos influence home cooks? Our guests, Joanne Lee Molinero, who's known as The Korean Vegan, and author of The Korean Vegan Cookbook, Reflections and Recipes from Oma's Kitchen, and Abir Najjar, who's a Palestinian-American chef and food writer who splits her time between Chicago and L.A. They are still with us. And we're also bringing in another voice to the conversation. Now, you have heard her name in the show credits, but Reset producer Micah Yason is also an avid home cook who loves social media cooking content. Really, she cannot stop talking about it. Hey, Micah, welcome to the show. Hi, Sasha. I, I want to start with you. What is it that you love so much about these reels? Well, I think a lot of um, the things that everyone's already mentioned, for sure, reasons why I love it. You know, you get introduced to all these different types of cuisine. One thing that I particularly like is that I'm already on Instagram. We mm -hmm. all know I'm an Instagram girly. So um, I think it's nice to have content where I'm like, OK, I get to learn something. I'm inspired. It kind of, you know, keeps my consumption like, you know, good for me. Yeah. Um, and also I eat with my eyes as we do. Me too. You know, we just do. Um, so I, you know, you get to see the actual visuals of the food and, and then I'm like saving it. I'm going to, I'm going to watch that later. I'm going to make that later. But yeah, that's definitely what I love about I'm it. I'm a big saver and bookmarker myself. I mean, <laughs> how, how do these compare uh, these videos to, to using recipes from magazines or cookbooks or cooking shows even? Right, right. Well, I think something that's important to note is that all of those things, all of these different avenues, they're all really important, right? Like it's it's good to have a different option. Whether you're just like, I think I just need something quick. I just need some inspiration. I feel like Instagram is kind of where I go. I'm not necessarily like searching mm -hmm. for recipes on there. It's kind of somewhere where I'm like, oh, that looks cool. Oh, I've never, I've never heard of this kind of dish before. Now I'm inspired or now I know about it. Whereas something like I'm, I want to learn how to make banana bread. Yes. Right? I'm going to go to Google. Maybe I'll come I'm come across like a YouTube video or I'll come across a like a like a post, like a web post or, or blog post. So I think it all just kind of depends on what you're looking for, yeah. how much time you have to, to, de to devote to that. Absolutely. So, yeah. yeah, no, I, I can totally relate. I mean, I feel like it comes at me in all kinds of different ways. Absolutely. I do have my nights where I have a specific thing that I want to make mm -hmm. and I will just Google it and, you know, it'll take me to a Pinterest or a YouTube right. video or what have you. But for some reason, I do also get a lot of 
cooking reels just naturally coming up on my Instagram that's feed. On, that's and I don't mind. Page. I don't oh, mind. Yeah. <laughs> I don't mind at all. Uh, one of the things that sets these videos apart from traditional cooking shows is, of course, the length of them. Uh, Joanne, I want to play a clip from one of your recent TikTok reels. And now for folks who have never seen one of these reels, I mean, you obviously can't see what's happening, but the video is showing a, a sped up version of her cooking process. How to make traditional kimchi with your whole family in less than 60 seconds. All right, so making kimchi, it's a lengthy process, but here it's getting condensed down to only one minute. So, Joanne, first of all, how? How do you decide? <laughs> how do you decide what parts of, of the cooking process you're going to include in these videos? That's a great question. I think that there are, you know, for kimchi in particular, there are really like four parts to it, right? There's like the salting and then there's making the sauce and then there's the saucing and then there's the jarring. So it's easy when you think of it in those very short terms. And then really in order to engage the watcher, you want to create, like you said, you guys eat with your eyes. I want to make sure that I'm catching each of those stages in a beautiful and sort of mouthwatering way to get people really, really interested. And then for me, I'm always trying to tell the story of the people behind the food. Mm -hmm. So that's why in that Kim Jong video, you're going to see my entire family. You're going to see my mom, my dad, my six-year-old nephew, my white American husband, you know, all making kimchi together so that people understand that there's so much more to kimchi making than just the cabbage. Yeah. What would you say is the point of making these videos so short? I think it's, again, this idea of... Um, catering to people who admittedly have shorter attention spans. I mean, that may be one of the drawbacks to the popularity of these videos is that people are now conditioned to think that they can get all the information they need in 60 seconds. And so when your brain is so used to that type of content, it might be harder to train your brain to say, no, you got to actually watch this 25 hour video <laughs> how to actually make <laughs> uh, kimchi. Um, so I, I think that you know, that that is one of the things that we have to now live with. And and so when you're trying to put everything into a shorter video because you understand that your audience only has the time to watch 60 seconds of it, you do have to be somewhat strategic about what goes into it to make sure you not only capture their attention, yeah. but adequately provide the information. No, absolutely. I mean, time is time is of the essence. I mean, we I'm just among our team, we're getting a lot of Instagram love. Uh, for the reels, just because of the fact that they're shorter, they feel, uh, as our engineer Ethan said, much more functional. Uh, Lisa uh, Labas, our uh, midday anchor, says that that's kind of how her and her daughter communicate on social media, just sending each other cooking videos uh, on Instagram. Has that become your life too, Joanne? Uh Yes, absolutely. Like my mom, my aunt, my sister-in-law, like all the women in, in my family, all of whom who helped to write the cookbook and write my second one, we just constantly send each other random food videos. Yeah, same. <laughs> I was like, I, I don't know if like, are you telling me to make it or you're just saying, hey, this is interesting. There's like no caption <laughs> attached to it. It's just just watch this video. That and dog videos. Those are the two main forms of videos. Absolutely. Let's talk more about convenience. Here's a uh, some audio from one of our engineers, Haley. My fiance and I actually get most of our recipes from Instagram Reels, and I would definitely say it's helped us to get more excited by recipes and find things to try that we otherwise wouldn't have tried or have never made before. If you're sitting on your phone, recipes will sometimes just pop up on Instagram, and we have 
uh, shared bookmark folder. So in Instagram, you just click the little bookmark tab and we can share our recipes that we like with each other. So if I'm sitting there on my lunch break and something looks good, I just tap that and then it's saved so that when we end up making the grocery list, it's right there. We can sit down and say, you know, what about these three things this week? And then we do it. Your reaction, Micah? That's that's exactly that's your what, life. It's exactly what me and my partner do. Um, like I mentioned before, it's so it is so easy to just have them come across your feed and then you just save it and then you can just come back to it when you know it's it's Sunday. You're like, okay, need to make my list, make my grocery list. What looks good? What do I think I'll actually have time to make this week? Mm -hmm. Sometimes people make really quick recipes, like oh, you can do this in like 20 minutes. Or there are other videos where you can tell like it's a little bit more involved. Well, I know like, like for example, let's say Wednesday, I'm going to have the time to do that. So I really would like to make the time to, yes. to do it as well. I love that so yeah. much. Yeah. I'm often jealous of your lunches that you bring <laughs> into work. Thanks. How? What percentage of your beautiful, beautifully oh, crafted lunches would you say are from like, you know, the social night. media content oh, that, you, yeah. <laughs> that you just recently uh, followed? For sure, like what Haley said, I think Haley said maybe like three three recipes across the week like is inspired by Instagram uh, or just social media. So I'd say, yeah, I'd say at least three or four. Um, and if not, if they're not new, they're repeats. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Abir, do you think that these videos allow viewers to actually visualize themselves making the dish? Is that what's happening? Absolutely. I think that... Um, you know, it, even when you're talking about just the short amount of video that we're able to see, you know, this is this is just the way we're able to hook people in and get them to, you know, believe in themselves that, you know, oh, I can make that. And before we had this video content, we were just posting really delicious looking photos to Instagram or Facebook or um, or, you know, X. And I think people would see them and say, oh, that looks amazing. I want to try to make it. Um, so, you know, I think that uh, one of the best things that comes out of uh, social media content around food is that it is empowering people. If they see a video has been liked 900,000 times mm -hmm. and there's a bunch of comments saying, yeah, I made this. It was so delicious. I think that just adds to their confidence. And I always want people to cook more. Uh, it's the reason I started writing and blogging about food is because I just wanted people to not be intimidated and to feel confident in cooking for themselves. And yeah. I think this is just contributing to that. I love that. Giving us that. confidence and inspiration. Yeah, no, absolutely. I I wanted to add that I really only started cooking, like actually learning how to cook for myself recently and so i would consider myself like a pandemic cook <laughs> yeah. um there was one instagram page that like came up for me all the time and her her handle is the pasta queen mm -hmm. um she like broke down how to like make these like traditional italian pasta dishes and she made it really simple and, and for me i was like wait I can't go to an Italian restaurant right now because of the pandemic. But I can do uh, but this. I can make this at home. And and it was starting from there, I started just like making the different recipes that she had. And so I could definitely like visualize myself doing, like, I you know, making that. that. And then also, I think we talked about this too. You're not, the content creators aren't breaking down every single detail, right? You only got like maybe like 60 seconds right. to explain what you're doing. So there leave, there, there's, it leaves room for mistakes to learn from it leaves room to like freestyle and then kind of learn your own style of cooking mm -hmm. too so 
right, just bringing more confidence to to the home chef. Yeah, you know what? I, I would love to hear a bit more of maybe some of the bloopers. What happens behind the scenes, Abita? Like, are, are there times where it kind of goes wrong and you maybe got to start over as far as filming? Oh, definitely. <laughs> um, starting over, if you're using natural light, suddenly having to shift your whole uh, <laughs> setup. Oh you yeah. Know, Two feet, two feet to the left because the sunlight has now shifted. Um, the huge mess that nobody sees. That oh, the mess. Have to clean up. Uh, and if there's something that's, you know, has to be, you know, perfect for that shot, you're, there's probably, you know, you're, you're making a batch of that. You know, I remember once having to put, uh, you know, a you know, creamy, like six minute egg, slicing it in half and having it ooze over the savory oatmeal I made. And mm. I think I boiled, I think I boiled like six eggs because <laughs> I was like, oh, well, I don't know. One might turn, might not turn out. Okay. The things so we would I have just, never I known. Some, nope. I had to have the backup and, you know, I had eggs for a couple days, but um, <laughs> yeah, all the little tools and things that, you know, uh, people look at these videos and think, oh, it's 20 seconds or 30 seconds that, you know, they probably did that in, in you know, 20 minutes or oh, something. It takes time. And I'm like, yeah. I'm like, no, it, it may have taken a day or two even. So, and that's not the planning and the ingredient buying and all of that. So right. they really are a labor, a labor of love because we do want to share like our passion with people. Oh, we appreciate you so much more. <laughs> what about you, Joanne? Oh yeah. I've had many instances where I had to just straight up throw something away because it was totally <laughs> burned and inedible or probably toxic to eat. Um, and, and some of that is a function of the fact that I have multiple cameras going on at the same time. I do also have to worry about natural light and audio and it's hard to manage all of those technical aspects while also cooking something. Yeah. But some of it's also, I'm a home cook. I, I don't know what I'm always doing. Sometimes I make things wrong and I have the added complication of having to veganize everything that I want to eat. So <laughs> Yeah, that's true. Uh, yeah, I mean, especially when it comes to baking, there have been many times where I've just had, okay, well, we can't use any of that. So we just have to start over from scratch tomorrow. Um, but that's like, you know, what Michael is describing. It's part of the joy of cooking. You learn yes. your own strength. You you figure out your vocabulary and then you learn from your mistakes. Absolutely. Well, uh, you've already shared at least one handle that you like. So real quick, any others, Micah, that you like to follow? Yeah. On social. I've got I've got a couple. So one chef that I think is like really she's really like well rounded and has some some sweet recipes. Um, Carolina Gellin is is her name. Mm -hmm. um, Pierce Abernathy is like a is. Oh, I love his I love his recipes. The videos are really nice too, but I I think I've solidly made like one of his recipes before because <laughs> okay. they're a little bit they look a little bit uh, more difficult, but it's his is like more inspiration than anything. And then another uh, another uh, account that I really like, their handle is called Cabbages World. Cabbages um, World. Yeah, their name okay. is Anna and Kevin and they do more like Japanese food, Japanese style food. Nice. Um, so and of great. course, we've got our folks that we, we talked to today. So follow them, folks, on social media. Abir Najjar is a Palestinian-American chef and food writer. And Joanne Lee Molinero is known as The Korean Vegan, which is where you can find her. And that was Micah Yason, a Reset producer. Thank you all so much.